0: And they're going to be up on the screen, but I, I do want you to uh, follow along. I have got a short message this morning, so I'm just going to read a bunch of mess of, of Scripture. Uh, do, does anybody believe that? Uh, but I do have a short message, but I've got a long, long, long introduction. So I'll promise you, by two o'clock we will be out, OK? By 2 o'clock, we will be done. Uh, I promise you that. I would lose every nursery worker and children's church worker if I went that long. uh, And I'm not willing to lose them. So you are safe. All right. Uh, But look again here at our passage of Scripture, John chapter number 11. And um, John chapter 11, verse number 40, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. Now, there could be a message just preached right there. If thou wouldst, shouldst believe, or thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. You know what? The Christian life, it's all by faith. It's all by faith. But let me tell you this, the secular life is still by faith. Everybody lives by faith. Everybody is living by faith. They have faith that their money is going to bring them peace and joy and fulfillment and contentment. They have faith that their possessions, uh, their position, uh, their, the pride of their life, their accomplishments, uh, they, they have faith that those are going to bring fulfillment in life. But all we have to do is look at the headlines of the politicians, look at the headlines of the Hollywood crowd and the addictions and the, the, the sin that is in their life, the crime that, that ends up being there. You look at the, uh, the addictions and then you see the suicides. There's no fulfillment. The devil's a counterfeiter. He's a liar. He's a liar. And all the things that we think, that glamour, all of the glitter that this world puts out uh, that promises fulfillment, uh, it promises nothing but death. The devil's, he's a counterfeiter. Uh, So here, he said, if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. And let me tell you, Christian, uh, believe, trust God, and you will see God's glory. You will see uh, him uh, show himself true over and over again. What a blessing. Praise the Lord for that. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound, hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. You know the story. Jesus had some friends in Bethany. Bethany was a small town, not too far from Jerusalem, only a couple miles away. Uh, and uh, we see that uh, Jesus, he, he loved these people. They were, they were friends. You know, the Lord had friends while he was on this earth. He had friends. Uh, it wasn't just that he was here, went to the cross, and then uh, went back up to heaven. He had built relationships. And let me me just stop and address that. Every one of us need friends. We need friends. We need people. God has made us a social being. And friendship is something that not only we crave, but it's also something that we, we need. And not only do we need to have a friend, we need to be a friend. And here... We see Jesus having those friendships. Uh, Look back in uh, verse one and two there of John 11. You still have your Bible open, amen? All right, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Skip down to verse five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Uh, Just what a sweet phrase to be put in the scripture uh, that Jesus loved these people. Now, we know God loves the whole world, but God loves individuals. The Lord loves individuals by name. The Lord loves you, but Dan, he even loves you. Uh, and you know, uh, he he love he loves individuals. He loves every one of us. The Lord, the Lord know, not only knows us, he loves us. So there was a closeness with this family that went beyond just a casual acquaintance. And Lazarus now has become deathly ill. He's sick unto death. And Jesus, they send word to Jesus uh, to come. Uh, he whom thou lovest is sick. And so uh, here they they had a, uh, a knowledge that uh, he was sick. He needed help. Uh, they sent word to Jesus. You know what, when we have Needs we need to take it to Jesus. He should be the first one that's on our lips. You know I'm not against doctors completely. <laughs> my my faith in the medical field has has diminished greatly in the last few years. Uh, but but with that we we find that. Uh, As Christians, so often something comes up and the first person we want to call is a doctor. Let me tell you, the first person we need to call out to is the Lord. He's the one that we need to uh, come to first. He is the great physician, the Bible says. He is the one that created us. He knows what we need. And I'm not saying that we don't have doctors and we don't go to doctors. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, they called for the Lord. He whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus, knowing what he was going to do, he waited. How uncomfortable it is when God becomes silent. Some of you are already uncomfortable, and I've just been silent for a few seconds. But the Lord, knowing that he was sick, just waited. Now, we know this whole story. We know that Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. We we know that. We can keep reading through this chapter and see exactly what's going to happen, but they didn't. You know, the Lord knows what He is doing in your life today. He knows what He is going to do about your situation. He knows what He's going to do about cancer. And we've got three individuals that I know of just sitting here this morning that are dealing with them personally having cancer. There are others that have other health issues and four individuals that have cancer. Now, the Lord, he knows what he is going to do. I don't know about you, but I don't always like it when he's silent. I wish he'd fill us in on what he's going to do. But here he knew what he was going to do. And he waited. You know, faith is really challenged in those times of waiting. And you know what? It didn't work out how they thought it should work out. Mary and Martha, they thought, well, Jesus loves Lazarus. We sent word to him. Lazarus can heal Or Jesus can heal Lazarus, and he won't be sick, and he won't die. But he died. You know, death, God has, he allows things to happen. And somehow he can get glory, even through hurt. This family there, they, they think, well, we're going to get Jesus to come, and Jesus didn't come. Jesus didn't answer their prayer to come and heal Lazarus. And now Lazarus is dead. They are weeping. They have already had the funeral service. They have already put him in the tomb. And then Jesus comes. So Jesus is surrounded by those who are grieving, but then He was also surrounded by some people who were mocking. Let's look at this together. Let's look at verse number 37. It says, "And some of them said, "Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died?" What were they saying? They were saying, If God is good, then why did he let him die? If God is good, why did he let bad things happen? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever thought that? It's like, Lord, why would you allow this to happen? You know, God's good all the time, but we don't always feel it, do we? We know it, but we don't always feel it. Don't look, look at me like I am. Don't look at me so pious. The reality is we, we may know things that we, we believe, but it doesn't mean that our emotions are in alignment with what truth is. And here, uh, the, the dialogue begins around this grieving family. If Jesus was so good, then why did he let him die? And if, and if God is good, why does he let evil happen? And, and so uh, this, this morning, I want you just to know God is good all the time. God is good all the time. All the time, he is always good, and I wish I wish I had answers to give. I don't have answers to give uh, for all of life's questions, uh, but I do know that that the Lord is the giver of life. He is the giver of life. He is the author of life. He is good and he is gracious and he is merciful and he is caring. Uh, John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill us uh, uh, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, the Lord is good. The devil, uh, on the other hand, he is the destroyer. Ephesians 6:12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places first uh, peter 5 eight be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour now take your Bible go back to Genesis chapter number three Genesis chapter number three and we're going still we 're still way into the Uh, way into the the introduction. we got a long way to go. So you listen fast, I'll speak fast, and we'll get done slow. All right. And so uh, Genesis chapter 3, what are we going to find? We are going to find the fall of man here uh, in this event. And and I want to just help us make sure that we are seeing who the enemy is. God is not the enemy in your life. He said, well, if he's good, why is this happening to me? Uh, we have to realize that there is an enemy that we have. And that enemy is the one that 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 focus, the venom needs to be spit towards him. It needs to be addressed his direction, uh, not towards God. Genesis chapter three, verse one. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, uh, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat." where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. You know the evil one, Satan, he is a deceiver. What he promised and what he delivered were different. He promised them fulfillment. He promised them a place of prominence ye shall be as gods they were in the best place they could have ever been they had free access to god there was nothing dividing satan is a deceiver he is a divider he is a destroyer Uh, the name is the devil and here the devil that deceiver he will always cast doubt on God. He will cast doubt on God. When you start doubting God, stop and think about where where is that doubt coming from? That's what the devil does. He casts doubt. He tries to undermine God. He tries to get us not to trust God. You know Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Uh, Hebrews 11.3, through faith, we understand that the worlds uh, are, were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know, this world did not create itself. The things which do appear, Uh, the worlds were not framed by things which do appear. It didn't, it didn't, the things that we can see did not make the things that we see. Uh, God framed uh, this world and we see the excellency of God in his creation, his might, his power. We see the equity of God in his judgment. God is always just. He's always just as I was preparing this message and praying over it, it's easy to tell ourselves that we are just. But God is always perfectly just. You know, in our sin nature, we have, we all have an agenda, self. And God, as He deals with us, He is always perfectly just. What a great attribute. What a great God it is that we serve. And we see the excellency of God, the equity of God, the eternality of God. The skeptics, what will they say? Well, where did God? if God created everything, where did, who created God? Isn't that the question? Romans 9 20, nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say unto him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? You know, God doesn't owe us an explanation. But God not only has given us creation for us to see that it took a mighty God to make this world. Not only that, he has written it on the tables of man's heart, Romans. We know in our heart that there is a God. And then he has preserved his word so we could know him. Amen? Amen? And he sent his son to perfectly manifest God to man. God will not leave anybody without excuse. Everybody is without excuse. Uh, and so here among these that are scoffing, uh, the Lord decides to do something for the glory of God. And he was going to do that all along. So go back to John chapter 11. I told you we're going to look at a lot of verses, John chapter 11, and we will, we will hasten here. Uh, but now uh, look, look at verse number 40. Bible says, and Jesus saith unto her, saith, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. And he is going to bring the dead to life again. What a miracle. The Lord is going, ha- I mean, we've all been to funerals. We have all said goodbye to people that we love and uh, we have seen their body lie in state and we have gone to the cemeteries and have had them in the caskets and watched that casket go down into the ground and watch the dirt uh, be put back in on top of them and that emptiness that is there, that sense of loss uh, that is there. And now the Lord is going to bring uh, Lazarus uh, to, to life again. Lazarus. Lazarus, who is dead. Lazarus, who has been dead for four days. Uh, Lazarus, who is in the sepulcher, the tomb, the crypt, if you would. Uh, and uh, here, he is, he is dead. But let me tell you, there is nothing too hard for God. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is there anything too hard for? the Lord. Nothing is too hard for God. Uh, And we see that. Uh, But here, let's see what happens. John 11, 43 and 44. It says, and when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Lazarus miraculously was raised from the dead. The Lord revealed his power over death in this situation. The dead came to life again. And what a blessing that, that was for the family. I'm not quite sure it was that much of a blessing for Lazarus. You know, for those that go to the other side, why would they want to come back here? And granted, he did not go into heaven uh, because the Lord had not resurrected yet. Uh, he would have been with the Old Testament saints in paradise uh, until the Lord set captivity captive, let them go uh, at the resurrection. Uh, but and now we see he is he is alive again, and, and I think we can learn some lessons here. And we've got two lessons that we are going to learn in the next few minutes, uh, on uh, about what happened in Lazarus' life. Some things that we can learn about this event. A- and uh, uh, this season of Halloween, we see how the dead are celebrated. You know what? When you lose somebody, there's nothing worth celebrating. Why is it? that the world celebrates death? The devil. You you look at, look at the darkness of this world. The things that you are gonna see are gonna be skeletons, skulls, serpents, witches, darkness, All of these things are elevated. Let me tell you something. As a believer, we don't live in darkness. We don't need to associate in darkness. We need to live in light. And this morning, I want to speak unto you on the subject live like the living. Live like the living. There's, the, there's a way of death, but if you're a child of God, you don't have to live the way of death. And not only do we not have to live that way of death, we shouldn't live like the way of death. There's a difference. There's a difference that we have. And so uh, the Bible tells us the consequences of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sin. That original sin of Adam and Eve put all humanity into a condition of being sin-cursed. You know, nobody has to teach anyone how to sin. Nobody has to teach that little toddler to take that toy and hit another child over the head with it. Nobody has to teach him how to say, mine! and be selfish. And some of us haven't let go of that. But what do, we, what do we see here? We see that sin nature, it all goes back to that original sin. Let me tell you, who is the, the one that is, that is uh, the cause of that original sin? The devil. He's the enemy. God's not the enemy. The, the wages, the curse of sin is death. So because of that, the evil that happens in this world, it is a result of Satan's work in this world. The hurt that we face, the evil that we see, the injuries that we experience, it is not at the hand of God. It is as a result of a sin nature that the devil is the one who has spawned. He is the one who has brought that about. He is the destroyer. He is the one that is the enemy. Uh, But if you're saved this morning, the Bible tells us that we are quickened. Uh, Ephesians 2.1, and you, hath he quickened? Uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know what the Bible tells us? Before salvation, we were dead. You say, no, I wasn't dead, I was alive. Spiritually speaking, you were dead. Already condemned. You know, the decision wasn't, people say, well, you know, when I die, I'll just find out what what God's going to do, whether I go to heaven or whether I go to hell. No, that's already determined. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are still dead in your trespasses and sins. You are still condemned. You are, that judgment has already been made. And the way out of that is that you must be born again. Because when we are born into this world, because of that sin, wherefore as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. That sin nature has been passed on from Adam and Eve in the garden uh, through today. And every person who has ever lived has had, has that sin nature. And either they are condemned or they are forgiven one of the two. Either we are a child of the devil or we are a child of God. and The only way you can be a child of God is he must be born again. He must be born again. Going to church is not going to get you to heaven. Going to church will put you in a place where you can hear how to get to heaven, but, but believing in God is not going to get you to heaven. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. But let me tell you, they are not going to be in heaven. There there is a process of being born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. There has to be that new birth. Uh, And so uh, the Lord told us that there's that first birth, that we are born and we are condemned. We are spiritually dead. Uh, But the second birth, being born again, uh, John chapter three, we can be alive, uncondemned, spiritually alive. Live like the living. So let's look real quick. We still haven't got to the first point. John chapter eleven, look at verse forty-four. He says, "And he, he that was dead, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin." Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. If you're here this morning and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you need to accept the Lord. You need need to accept the Lord. But if you're saved this morning and you already have accepted him, the Lord looked at Lazarus and uh, imagine, he had the grave clothes. I'm sure he was round up, bound up by the, the, uh, the cloth of those, the burial uh, process there. And he had a napkin about his face and the Lord said, loose him and let him go. Number one, take the grave clothes off. Take the grave clothes off. If you're not dead, don't look like you're dead. Amen? There's no reason, as a child of God who is alive, I am alive more today than I have ever been alive. And you know what? When I take my last breath here on this earth, I will truly know what life is uh, because I will not have a sin nature. But let me tell you, when I got saved, uh, there was a process of taking the grave clothes off. Uh, The devil had me bound in sin. He had me bound and condemned, trespassed, of sin. You know what? Sin is going to chain us up. Sin will bind us up. And you know what we need to do is we've got to take the grave clothes off. Take the grave clothes off. Don't look like you're dead. You know what? As a child of God, we should not look like the world looks. We should not have the same uh, same identity that the world has. He says, loose him. Lose him. What does that tell us? That tells us that there was power available for him to be free. Let me tell you something. There are too many people that name the name of Christ who are not free. You might be saved, but you are still as bound up by sin. You are still as uh, look like the devil, act like the devil. You still have the, the, the grave clothes on you. You don't have to be in that condition. You don't have to look like the dead. Uh, we need to be loose. He said, loose him and make him free. But let me tell you something. He couldn't get loose by himself. You know what, Christian, you are to come alongside those who are bound in sin and help loose them. It took somebody else. He he looked at the crowd and told them, loose him and set him free. There There was a process and you as a child of God are no longer under the power of sin. So the grave clothes need to come off. They identify us with the dead. They identify us with the dead. You've heard the story before, but I was up in Washington. I was an assistant pastor up there, and as we were there, I had taken a, a man out soul hunting, and uh, it was one of the first times that he had gone out. We're knocking on doors, and uh, we come. we were in a trailer park, and I knocked on this door, and this guy comes to the door, and And anyway, he had hair down to uh, beyond his shoulders and he had a beer in his hand and he had an ACDC shirt on. And here I am standing there, I've got uh, a shirt and tie on and I'm talking, I knocked on the door and he looks at me and he says, Carrie? I said, Dave. (laughs) We used to party together. I used to look Like he looked. I used to do what he did. But you know what? I'm not, those grave clothes have come off. I had my, I had ACDC and Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and all the posters on my wall, and music was always playing. And it took me a little while before those posters came off my wall. But you know what I found was the devil was was trying to keep me bound, and the Lord kept saying, get rid of that. Get rid of that. You know what? You start getting rid of the grave clothes. You know what you find? You are not restricted. You are free free. Loose him. Teenagers, they think, oh, I'm not going to follow all those rules. Everybody's telling me what to do, and uh, I, I'm going to be my own man. Yeah. Go out into the world and get caught up in the things of this world and find themselves bound in sin. You know what? It's hard to get, on, get those chains off. Loose him. Take the grave clothes off. Uh, Galatians five nineteen. Uh, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these uh, uh, he says uh, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, uh uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I told you, tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And we won't go into all the definitions there, but what we find is those are things that identify with death. We need to take the grave clothes off. You know, the Lord wants us to be holy. He doesn't want us to be identified. He doesn't want us to look like the world. So take the grave clothes off. Uh, these, These are not to be identifiers of you as a believer. They are not to be hindrances to you as a believer. So, number one, take the grave clothes off. Number two, live the new life. Live the new life. If you stay in a place where you're only fighting with taking clo- the, the grave clothes off and putting them back on and taking them off, putting them back on, man, that's miserable. And you never sense the victory. Let me tell you something there is victory in Jesus. There is victory. And not only should we take the grave clothes off, we should live the new life. You know, the devil wants to keep us bound up. The devil wants to destroy. The devil wants to kill and to destroy. And the Lord said, I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. You know, the Christian life is the greatest life in all the world. It's the greatest life. What a a blessing to lay your head on the pillow at night and not have to wonder, will anybody find out? (laughs) To sleep and have peace. That's what the Lord wants us to have. He wants us to enjoy the years that we have. Now, I don't know how many I'm going to have. Am I going to have the three score and 10? We've got Brother Ludwig. He's 169. I don't know how long I'm going to live. But I want to live every day of the new life. I want to live the new life. I want to live the life that God has prepared for me to live. And let me tell you something. It looks nothing like what the devil offers. It doesn't look the same. But the weight of sin is gone. Am I still a sinner? Absolutely. Ask this lady down here on the first row. I am a sinner. And I still have my sin nature. That penalty of my sin has been forgiven. All of it, past, present, and future, it's all forgiven. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God. My sins are gone. Let me tell you, child of God, take take the grave clothes off. The battle of should I or shouldn't I just take the grave clothes off. Let me tell you, there is so much life to live without that battle. The drama that sin brings into our life is unbelievable. I hate drama. I hate drama. My daughter just put her head down because she knew I was coming her direction. (laughs) She was a teenage girl. I was like, no drama. She'd come home and all of a sudden, all the stuff with all the girls. Oh my goodness, women, you ladies. There's so much drama. I'm not saying the guys don't have drama, but guys have drama. They punch each other and then they're done. It's gone. It's over. That's not the case with ladies. I mean, Mrs. Brown, she still remembers her memory is so good. She remembers things that I have done when we were dating. That was ninth grade. High school sweethearts. She remembers everything that I have done. We've been married 35 years. She remembers everything. Her memory is so good, she even remembers things that I never did. <laughs> She'll bring something up I'm like, I didn't ever do that. Let me tell you something. There isn't anything that I've ever done that the Lord throws in my face. You know, the devil wants to bind us. He wants to make us a slave to sin. And the Lord says, loose him and and let him go. Let him, make him free. The Lord wants us Loose him and let him go. He wants us to be free. Now, are you saved this morning? Okay. Have we taken the grave clothes off? I haven't dealt with anything in those grave clothes. What did the Holy Spirit put in your mind? Deal with it. Let it go. Take it off. Don't allow our life to to identify with this world. We are not to be the same. We're to be different. Loose him, let him go. So not only take the grave clothes off, let him go. Move forward with the life that God has for you. You know, wouldn't it be miserable if the Lord raised Lazarus from the dead but he never took the grave clothes off? You know what, that's how a lot of people live. I can't, I can't do anything because I'm a slave to this old nature. Wouldn't it be terrible if he, they loosed him, but he stayed right there at the grave? There's a whole life to live for the Lord. Live it. Enjoy it. God has given us freedom. And that freedom is a life that is abundant. It's not a freedom to go back in and entangle ourselves in the sins of this world. It is a freedom to live without that bondage. Uh, And we get to enjoy the blessings that God has given. So take the grave clothes off, but live the new life. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, then the next step for you is coming and trusting Christ. As your personal savior father you know the needs of each heart i do pray that you would help all of us this morning help us to look into our own soul and may the spirit of god put his finger on the areas that we need to work on lord if there are Those here that do not know you, I pray today would be the day that they would accept you. Maybe they have accepted you and haven't followed you in a believer's baptism. Maybe they have uh, been saved and baptized. They need to join. Uh, Lord, maybe they're here and uh, they're saved, but they haven't taken off the grave clothes. And maybe they're just not living that life that you have given to them. I pray that you'd bless. Help us this morning to be able to enjoy the goodness of God. And so I pray that you would blessed now and this time for Christ's sake, amen. Let's stand together, heads bowed, eyes closed. The instruments are gonna play. And as they do, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, let me encourage you to come this morning. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. How about it, child of God? Are there some grave clothes we need to take off? Are there some things that are ba- we are bound by in our life? Maybe we have just stayed too close to the world. We're saved. We've taken the grave clothes off, but we're not living that that victorious life. It's available. It's available for all of us.